Hey everyone, this is Zaid Malhees, co-host of the Pulse Podcast. Today's guest is Chris Alchik, who is the CEO and founder of Cadence. Cadence is a health tech platform that combines personalized clinical care with a breakthrough technology platform. With this, Cadence offers consistent care for people managing chronic conditions such as congestive heart failure, type 2 diabetes, hypertension, and COPD from the comfort of their home. The company recently raised $100 million in a Series B round, putting its latest valuation at $1 billion. The investors include KOTU, General Catalyst, Thrive Capital, Free Solar Ventures, and Metrodora. Chris, I'm really looking forward to this conversation. How's it going? Great. Thank you for having me today. Thank you for joining us. So we have a tradition at the podcast here of asking our guests an icebreaker to begin with, which is, what did you want to be when you grow up? You know, I'm, I think I'm still trying to figure out the answer to that question. I've, I've been lucky enough to have multiple chapters to growing up, and I, I don't think I've grown up yet. And so every five to 10 years, it'll probably be something a little different. That makes sense. And that probably is what keeps it exciting. So jumping in before Cadence, I know you founded Mike and later sold it to Bustle Media Group. I'm interested in your perspective coming away from that experience and your shift to healthcare. Why healthcare and why now? Yeah, so I, I spent about eight years building a consumer internet company that scaled rapidly based in New York, venture funded, mission driven. It was an incredible experience. I learned a ton from that journey. And after we exited in 2018, I had a chance finally after an eight-year sprint to reflect on what I wanted to spend time on for the next 15 years. And I'm lucky enough to come from a family of doctors, my parents, siblings, my wife is a doctor as well. So I've come from a family of physicians and have been surrounded by it my whole life. And I was black sheep of the family, not in healthcare, and decided that I would explore the intersection of technology and healthcare as, as the next place to, to spend hopefully a decade plus I really wanted to do something that had a direct impact on people every day and was inspired and continue to be inspired by uh, what I see my, my relatives uh, and how they're able to meaningfully help people you know, almost every minute of every day. And, and if I can play a small part in making physician, physicians more impactful, then I'll be you know, very proud of that and it'll be a time well spent. So I joined Thrive Capital as an entrepreneur in residence and they've had uh, you know, they've spent the last decade plus both founding, co-founding and investing in, in healthcare uh, and health technology companies. And so I got a crash course, uh, both from a bunch of their portfolio companies, as well as spending time with uh, some of the big health systems that they have partnerships with. Um, and it was just an incredible two years of, of learning as much as possible about the space. And through that experience, I was very focused on how do we take data from uh, from wearables, from devices, from sensors, from patients in the home, which we know is only going to be accelerating over the next decade. And how do we use that data to deliver better health care to these patients in a way that's more convenient? And uh, through that, uh, ended up spending a lot of time in remote monitoring. It's an, it's an incredible space that's been around now for you know many decades. It's not new. And when you look at all the clinical evidence, I think there's there are now hundreds of studies that show that remote monitoring can have a very meaningful impact on clinical outcomes. Um, and there's been so much good work done by so many clinicians and technologists and researchers over the last two decades. But 
the big challenge has been those programs have never been scaled. And so uh, while you know, there are a number of studies showing that you can help 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 patients, you know, there are unfortunately millions of patients in the U.S. with conditions that require close clinical attention who aren't able to get the data-driven responsive care that, that, that they need today. And so that's the problem we set out to solve, which was not how to build remote monitoring for a very limited subset of people, but how to do it in a way that we can empower providers to take care of hundreds of thousands of people concurrently. And so it's a very kind of different challenge that we set out to solve and a really exciting one for me personally, and, and one that has resonated with both health systems and clinicians and payers. Thank you for sharing that. That, that totally makes sense of trying to go away from just having RPM for the few and focusing on the many. And we'll dive a bit deeper into that later on as well. Taking a step back here, as you've talked about the foundation of Cadence or building Cadence, what are some challenges in building and running a healthcare organization as your foray into healthcare that you did not expect when you first started the company and that maybe you're still running into now? Yeah, I mean, there, there are so many challenges. I think you know, being a second-time entrepreneur is invaluable because you realize that nothing is as easy as it looks from afar. And you sort of get conditioned to know that every step of the way is, is difficult. There's going to be unexpected roadblocks and you sort of go into it with that mentality. And that's what we tell our team every day is like, things are going great, but expect things to not be going great tomorrow and expect things to be harder than they look. And that's okay. That's, that's what makes this fun. And that's what makes this challenging. So there've been so many challenges. I think the way we think about it is actually in, in healthcare, one of the things that's been really interesting is, and I've heard this from one of our, one of the people we work with closely is that it's easier to make transformative change than incremental change because um, you can really paint a vision and get people excited about what needs to be happening to do something transformational. So what, what actually we've learned is, is, and perhaps this is, you know, not unique to healthcare, but definitely works in healthcare. It's like easier to do something big than do something small. And so you know, it, it, going out and and partnering with a large health system and saying we're gonna we're gonna support 100 to 200 thousand of your patients concurrently who have heart failure, hypertension, type two diabetes, COPD, and make sure they're getting the highest quality, world class, responsive clinical care in the comfort of their own homes is actually easier to mobilize people around than to say, hey, we're gonna launch a remote monitoring program to reduce readmissions for 500 patients. And so I think actually going big. Is, is incredibly meaningful towards breaking down all of the barriers that, you know, often come up in, you know, in healthcare and in, in changing things in healthcare. Um, and so we're learning more every day, but, you know, I, I always push our team to, to, to really focus on what's the most meaningful impact we can have and to orient ourselves and our partners around that. I love that emphasis or that idea of transformative change as opposed to incremental change. I think we need more of that in healthcare as we think about solving the many problems that we face today. I know you talked a little bit about why remote patient monitoring and what excited you about this space. I am interested in hearing more about what specific challenges is Cadence helping patients, payers, and providers overcome within the RPM space? Yeah, so from a patient standpoint, the management of many chronic conditions is just too difficult to do alone. And from a provider standpoint, uh, providers are not set up right now and today, and specifically primary care physicians are not set up to be able to deliver the incredibly responsive care that's required. So if it's a, 
a heart failure patient um, who requires guideline-directed medical therapy, often it can take dozens of small incremental medication titrations at specific times done according to changes in vitals over the last three days that today's, unfortunately, today's primary care doctors are not, they, they don't have the time to do it, they don't have the teams to do it, and they don't have the technology to do it. And so from a provider standpoint, it, 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 the vast majority of patients with these chronic conditions, same thing for hypertension and type 2 diabetes and COPD, we actually know how to deliver really good care to these patients, but providers aren't empowered and don't have enough time to do it. And so from a patient standpoint, it's too hard to do alone. From a provider standpoint, they don't have the resources and the technology. And from a health system standpoint, you know, up until recently, they didn't have the incentives to do it or the technology to do it. And, and, and luckily, over the last three to four years, payers have really come around and started to create the incentives both in value-based care environments as well as in fee-for-service for health systems and for their providers to really embrace this type of preventative, high-impact, high-touch technology and clinical services. And Cadence's job is to make it easy for all four to happen. So it's to, to make the patient experience incredibly seamless. I, the team has nailed this part and it's, and it's only getting better, but we're seeing 90% of patients engage with our uh, platform six days a week, uh, which is just you know the type of patient engagement that you you really hope for. On the provider side, you know our our job is to make this really really easy for providers to actually um, reduce their burden, not create more work. And you know that's a, a difficult and very core part of of what makes us different. And then from a health system standpoint, it's to really fit into their strategic priorities of as they focus on shifting from fee-for-service to value-based care, how do we make that transition smooth? How do we build an infrastructure for them to be much more aggressive about managing patients outside the four walls of the hospital and really connecting patients to the health system in a deep and meaningful way? And then from the payer standpoint, it's all about reducing cost of care and reducing unnecessary hospitalizations hospital admissions and ED visits and, and, you know, the initial data there is incredibly promising. Um, and so, I mean, as you know, in healthcare, you have to get all four stakeholders around the table and aligned. And, you know, we feel good that, you know, initial signs are pointing to that really happening in this space in a very meaningful way over the next decade. Absolutely. That makes sense in terms of aligning the incentives and ensuring that everyone's on the same page. So I know we touched on this, but I would love to dive deeper into what Cadence actually does. Um, if you could give us an overview of the mix of products and or services that you're offering today, as well as how does the business model work? Yeah. So, you know, what we actually do is we run end-to-end remote monitoring and virtual care programs for some of the nation's largest health systems. So, you know, right now we're live with uh, LifePoint and community health systems. Uh, there are two health systems across 32 states with over 150 hospitals between the two of them and thousands of providers and hundreds of thousands of patients. So we are you know, focused on very high scale, very high quality programs. What we do is we combine world-class personalized clinical care with our technology platform. And so we deploy devices in the home that are incredibly easy for patients to use that allow us to get uh, vitals from patients in real time um, every day. We also have a communication platform with patients 
that is, you know, our average patient age right now is 75 years old. That allows them to seamlessly get in touch with their care management team uh, via phone, via text, um, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And then we have connectivity into uh, that patient's primary care provider and or cardiologist or endocrinologist with a supporting care management organization and clinical team that can respond to the data coming in, respond to the alerts uh, and take clinical actions. And so it's really about creating this infrastructure for data-driven responsive care at high scale with our partners and doing so in a way that's, you know, that's putting physicians and the health system in a way to, to deliver a, a whole new set of services that they weren't able to deliver before. Um, and then from a, a business model standpoint, you know, we're just very focused on being aligned with patients, providers, and payers and taking risk alongside of them and making sure that our financial incentives are completely aligned with great clinical outcomes. And so that's, that's what we focus on doing. And, you know, we believe that that sets the company up for very long-term success because ultimately if our patients are healthier and our providers are happy, then Cadence does well. And that's, um, you know, that's the right way to set up the business and to set up the company. Um, And so as you think about the remote patient monitoring space in a larger sense, there are some other players within it as well. Uh, what sets Cadence apart today from those other RPM or home health organizations? Yeah, I think the, the, the biggest thing is that we, we help our partners operationalize these programs at scale. And so what that, what that means is, um, you know, we are truly an end-to-end platform that can work with successfully the largest health systems in the country. You know, we believe that health systems will remain core to uh, to all these communities across the country. Uh, we believe that existing provider relationships with patients are critical to managing and supporting um, the sickest patients in the U.S. And, you know, our, our job is to um, partner with and work with the biggest health and hospital systems in the U.S. and uh, allow them to extend these capabilities to hundreds of thousands of their patients um, and, and, and run the largest and most impactful remote monitoring programs in the U.S. Um, and if we do that and do that really successfully and stay focused on that that core group, then we believe we'll have the biggest impact on patients. That makes sense as a differentiator. Um, so you mentioned as we did a deeper dive into the product mix that Cadence um, has partnerships with two health systems, LifePoint Health and Community Health Systems. Do you envision Cadence continuing to partner with large health systems across the country in the future? And is there going to be a specific focus on partnering with providers versus payers? Yeah, so th- th- that's exactly right. We're, we're focused on partnering with, with providers, both you know, health systems, integrated delivery networks, and you know, the diverse group of providers that exist. But you know, ultimately, we supercharge clinicians who have long and existing and trusted relationships with their patients. So um, you know, we're not trying to take patients away from any providers. We're not trying to replace any existing relationships. We're trying to make those relationships stronger. Um, And that means partnering with providers and really being a new digital infrastructure for providers. You know, over time, obviously a lot of providers are also becoming payers or emerging with payers. And so, you know, those providers and those pay biters uh, generate great 
both clinical and financial outcomes from partnering with Cadence, and we're already seeing that uh, happening. But we're an empowerment tool for, for providers to, to deliver better outcomes. From you know, going forward, we're very focused on partnering with the most progressive um, large-scale health systems in the country. And so you'll, you'll see us announce uh, a new set of partnerships this summer. And you know, for us, each of these partnerships is really meaningful. You know, we're targeting... Uh, you know, working with hundreds of thousands of patients for each. So it's you know, each one we do is is a meaningful commitment from us and a meaningful commitment from our partner. And you know, we're we're excited to be strategically aligned with these you know incredibly important institutions. Awesome! Excited to hear more about some of these partnerships in the next years. So, from conversations I've had with providers and healthcare executives over the past year, there are concerns that virtual or remote care still cannot fulfill all requirements of a patient's current journey and that seeing patients in a physical clinical setting is still necessary. You mentioned earlier that Cadence wants to deliver that care outside the four walls of the hospital. How do you ensure that you're able to do that and that this mode of care is sufficient, sustainable, and scalable? Yeah, and and the providers you talk to are completely right. I mean, the right level of care for especially, you know, we deal with sicker patients, you know, who have unfortunately have, you know, severe conditions. And for these sicker patients, it's a multimodal experience. It's both in-person and virtual and remote. And the right blend is going to be a little different for each patient, but, but both are required. Why, you know, the way we partner with, uh, with health systems and their providers is, is actually a lot of the enrollment actually happens in the clinic. And so um, they're getting their devices in person. We're making sure that everything works. We're making sure that the patient's caregiver knows how to get in touch with Cadence, is connected to the platform, can stay in touch and can help support the patient through this journey. And so there are in-person touch points as well as in the clinic, as well as obviously the virtual care component. But, you know, the beautiful thing about virtual care is for a lot of the day-to-day management that's required for these chronic conditions, if you have vitals, if you have labs, if you have symptoms, you can deliver clinical care virtually, and that saves the patient a huge amount of time and increases compliance, adherence, and ultimately success very, very meaningfully. I mean, we've seen a very meaningful increase in the number of patients uh, following guidelines for these chronic conditions um, just because we're making it easy. Um, and, And ultimately, that's great for providers because the time they spend with patients in person will be, is much more high impact if it's not focused on the the sort of routine stuff that the virtual care team has taken care of, but they can really focus on working with patients and treating them for the most high impact issues they have. And and that largely requires in-person care. I would say the other piece is, you know, by connecting so deeply with these hospital and health systems, when a patient does need to be seen by a clinician in person, we're able to schedule them directly into an emergency visit at their primary care office. We're able to we're able to direct admit a patient into the hospital so they can skip the ED process uh, and really create a much better patient experience. So it's, it's both the virtual care experience as well as having that deep connectivity into local communities and local health systems so that the patient experience can just be more connected. Right now, you know, a big problem with virtual care in the U.S. is you leverage some virtual care platform. You're talking to a physician that you've only met. That this is the first time and last time you're ever going to meet the physician. They have no connectivity into your existing, into your existing care. They don't know your existing primary care doctor, 
and it's just completely disconnected. And, and our vision for the future is a truly connected experience that's led by existing providers and existing health systems uh, and, and creates that uh, a continuous journey for patients that, you know, that doesn't exist today. Thanks for sharing that. I appreciate the insight. And I, I agree. I think it's a matter of prioritizing and stratifying patients in the sense of ensuring that there's a balance between the in-person and virtual care rather than one or the other. Yeah. And, and, and what, what I'll say to that is the technology here allows you to deliver sort of the, the old school thinking in care management is let's risk stratify our patients and, you know, give our top, you know, 10% highest risk patients, a huge amount of support and a huge amount of attention and kind of ignore the rest. And, you know, what we believe is actually technology allows you to scale really high touch, really high quality interactions for a much larger subset of the population. And then instead of doing some risk stratification once a year, you're able to just prioritize patients based off of alerts that are happening in real time and create a much more dynamic and ultimately much more scalable program that's you know, better for patients. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so shifting away a little bit from Cadence specifically in the model into what is obviously on everyone's mind still, and that's the pandemic, COVID has expanded the spotlight in virtual care across the board over the last two years. I'm interested in hearing how it has impacted the growth of Cadence to where it is today. What COVID did for companies like Cadence is it shifted the mindset of health systems and providers and payers towards virtual as being an integral part of the experience as opposed to being an afterthought. And when you make that mindset shift that virtual is, is and remote care is a core part of the experience, then you know, the very next you know, rational conclusion is you need an infrastructure for collecting the data that you get in an, in an office visit at home. And that's where remote patient monitoring technology really comes in is, is it's that infrastructure to get vital symptoms, labs, medications, all the data that you'd have in an in, uh, much of the data that you might collect in an in-person visit and making that accessible all the time to clinicians. And the really exciting part about this is you know, the near-term clinical impact is huge. And that's what the Cadence team is focused on. But if you look forward five, 10 years, once you've turned on this infrastructure and you've got this connectivity with patients and you've got data coming in passively about patients that you know, doesn't takes less time than brushing their teeth and is happening every day, the level and specificity of the type of care you're able to provide over time is just, I mean, it's, it's totally different. And so, you know, COVID for all of the horrible things it, it did. And my, you know, my wife is a ICU physician. So, um, you know, I, I, I got to unfortunately hear a lot about the experience on a day-to-day basis. Um, it did change the mindset of the U.S. healthcare system um, and has opened the door to a lot of the transformative ideas that, you know, I think many people, you know, remote patient monitoring programs at scale are, are, are not new ideas. There are a lot of smart people who have been working on this for a long time. It's just now the appetite to actually deploy and scale these programs is really there. I mean, it's really there. And uh, that's both from providers, that's both from payers, that's from health systems and patients. Um, And that's just a really exciting thing to be a part of. Absolutely. 
Along with this idea of kind of the U.S. healthcare system as a whole and what the pandemic has done over the last couple of years, one area that's been highlighted that has always been an issue is this um, lack of healthcare equity or lack of equ equitable access, rather, to healthcare. And so knowing that um, disparities in healthcare access have been a longstanding problem in this country and have only been further exacerbated by the pandemic, making pushing for that healthcare equity more important today than ever, how do you envision or how are companies like Cadence thinking about advancing the access to healthcare? Yeah, and there are so many people doing such good work in this space. And the, the, the theme that we talk about at Cadence, which you know, we did not invent, is you know, zip code should not determine life expectancy. And unfortunately, it still does in the U.S. But what we're, what we're most excited about here is the, the opportunity for technologies like this to, to, to give patients access to the highest quality world-class care that you would get in an academic medical center. Um, to patients all over the country. And, and we're actually seeing this and doing this now on a daily basis. We are live in rural communities in North Carolina, Michigan, Arkansas, Alabama. And, you know, the providers that we're working with are awesome. And now with Cadence, you know, they're able to offer patients uh, daily monitoring, responsive care, uh, medication titration, according to the very latest uh, guidelines, all in the comfort of their own homes. I mean, it's it's pretty incredible. And our you know, clinical leaders come from a, a lot of the best healthcare institutions in the U.S. And, you know, the thing that they're most excited about is, you know, they're saying that the care that, you know, our partners is, is delivering to their patients through Cadence every day is of a higher quality than the care that's delivered in a lot of these academic medical centers to their patients because the, the level of connectivity is just so high. Um, and so I think that's, you know, ultimately the big opportunity for all of us in the health technology space is can we take um, the best of what's being done at a very small scale and make that accessible and easier for everybody. Um, and that's what technology can help do. And, and that's what we're already seeing happen now in, in a meaningful, meaningful way in a, in a lot of rural communities. And we're just incredibly excited to to, to be able to play a small part in, in, in that transformation. Absolutely. That is indeed very exciting. Coming away from the pandemic and kind of shifting back into Cadence, specifically in the product mix, um, beyond the services that you're offering today, what can you share about other spaces that Cadence is interested in developing and or working in over the next year? Yeah, so we, what, we've, you know, what we've really focused on developing in our our chief technical officer comes from Salesforce, was running a very large team there. You know, a large part of our team has built some of the some of the biggest platforms that and software companies that that we all know of um, has been really to make sure Cadence is a true platform and not a point solution for our partners. Health systems and providers you know, have difficulty managing many vendors and many point solutions. And to the extent that we can make Cadence a platform that can help support all of their remote care and remote monitoring and virtual care operations across the system and across service lines um, is incredibly important. So right now we are focused on what do primary care doctors need, what do cardiologists need, what do endocrinologists need to deliver this responsive care to their patients. And you know, I think we'll be focused on that um, you know, for the foreseeable future, but we're already getting um, inbounds from our health system partners around 
OB, oncology, post-op, these different spaces where you're seeing clinicians raise their hand and say, hey, I believe there's a real opportunity for remote monitoring to have a bigger impact on, to have a big impact on my patients. You know, can we use the Cadence platform to do that? And so, you know, what does that mean for Cadence? That means we are device agnostic. So we've got a set of preferred partners that we uh, use to, that we source devices from, but we're always looking for the best devices uh, and the best, you know, best platforms to integrate with. And so, um, from a device standpoint, you know, we, uh, we make it very easy for, for health systems to integrate, you know, the right devices and for people who make, manufacture and develop devices and software platforms, we make it really easy for them to scale those devices to, to many, many patients quickly and effic- efficiently and effectively. And so, um, you know, I think a big part of, uh, the future of cadence is, you know, making sure we're staying we're staying on top of the best devices coming out and then figure out how to integrate both the data into the clinical operations of our partners and doing that successfully, I think will be a, a, a really meaningful benefit to patients. That makes sense. I, I think one of the biggest challenges within the system as a whole today is just the sheer number of services, both on the software and hardware end that exist that do not necessarily communicate with each other. So to think about it in the sense of being device agnostic or software agnostic is a huge value add, I think, for any healthcare system as you're thinking about these add-on services across the board. So that makes sense. And, and, and we're a big believer that there's going to be just so much innovation in this space over the next five years. And to the extent Cadence can help operationalize and scale that innovation across hundreds of thousands of patients, that would be a huge win. And so um, it's, it's a big part of you know how we think about our role in the ecosystem and how we think about being a great partner to health systems for them to commit to one device manufacturer today, knowing that there's so much innovation and so many, it's just going to be very different in the next five years. And we want to make sure they're future proof. Absolutely. That's exciting. Um, so last couple of questions here, they're a bit more focused on kind of the MBA aspect of it. We are after all an MBA run podcast. I would love to hear your career advice to MBAs interested in this space. Yeah, so I, I have a, a funny relationship with MBAs where in my first company, I had this sort of very Silicon Valley anti-MBA mindset. Um, and actually one of, the, one of the people who I worked with who was a total rock star, she was thinking about going to get her MBA or going to start a company. And I said, oh, go start a company. You'll learn everything you need to know. And then she ended up she ended up going to get her MBA and then starting a company. It's been hugely successful. And uh, she, that, that, that was one of many experiences that actually, and actually after we sold uh, Mike, I was sort of like, oh, maybe I should go get an MBA. Uh, so I, I, I've really changed my tune on MBAs over the last decade. I think at Cadence, over half of our team has an MBA. And so it's, I've just really seen the value of having a well-rounded multiple perspective educational experience on, on how to run a business. So I'm a big supporter of both hiring and getting MBAs now, which I, I was not a decade ago. And, you know, my advice, uh, my advice to MBAs is if you can jump into the startup journey and experience, at least for a summer internship or for a year or two after graduating, it's not going to be the most lucrative option of everybody's, you know, of everybody's options. I know it's not, it's not accessible to everybody, but I do, I I do believe 
uh, startups and entrepreneurship can be a true accelerant in your career. The employee number one at Cadence, uh, actually a Wharton grad from your healthcare program, Chip Stein, uh, started working with me before he had actually even graduated Wharton. And then, I mean, has just been an incredible partner to me building Cadence over the last year, you know, grown team from the two of us to, you know, almost a hundred people. And I think, you know, if you ask him, he was prior to business school at Oscar. I think if you ask him, the, the startup journey has given him, you know, like a decade of experience compressed in a very short period of time. And, and, and I think that's, you know, he's going to have a very successful career at Cadence, but also set him up to have a very successful career at a much younger age than, uh, you know, than if he had gone and stayed in the corporate world. Appreciate you sharing that insight. So for my final and probably most direct question today, uh, Chris, is Cadence hiring in MBAs? And if you are, what kind of skills and backgrounds are you looking for? The short answer is yes. And we've hired a bunch of MBAs. If you're interested in opportunities at Cadence, shoot me a message over LinkedIn and I'll connect you to the right person on our team. Uh, in short, we look for three things. First, is this somebody we like and somebody we're excited to spend a lot of time with? I always tell our team that you better be willing to be stuck in an airport with this person for a day uh, because you know, ultimately we, uh, we spend more time together than we do with our significant others and work has to be fun and has to be a pleasant experience. Two is we're looking for people uh, who are drivers, not passengers. We want people who crave accountability, who want responsibility to make big decisions and drive initiatives forward, uh, and ultimately who don't want to be micromanaged. Uh, and three is people who have an intense growth mindset and a lot of intellectual curiosity. We've got world-class software engineers uh, working alongside really good, talented clinicians. You know, the two you know don't really understand each other, and it's really important to us and our culture that uh, people are curious about understanding each other's craft and and really having getting a deep a deep sense of what's possible and so that intellectual curiosity is is really important to cadence and if you've got those three things and you want to work with these types of people then then please shoot me a message on linkedin and i'll, I'll connect you to the team absolutely and i love that mention of the the delayed flight airport hangout time that is that is real and indeed a, a good criteria to use well chris thank you so much for joining us today we really enjoyed having you on getting to learn more about Cadence, and I'm super excited to see what the next year and really decade holds for the company. No, I really appreciate it. Thank you, Zaid.